Still, I see no changes. Thought we'd mix up the intro song this week on the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast, to more accurately reflect the life and times of the Carlton Football Club. My name's Sean Peterbudge, and I'm joined as always by Dr. Tim Davis. Hello, Sean. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit disillusioned. I think is the word, buddy. I'm. Uh... I think it's fair to say, three wise men rode into Bethlehem. Three broken men. <laughs> I've convened to record this tonight because that was entirely predictable. Didn't make it any less um, disappointing, but uh, really, really disheartening stuff. C- completely, completely. I, I, all week and all weekend, I thought, obviously, it's must win. And with the outs that they had, despite we, we've got our own outs, but you thought really on balance of what we're going to see, this is a win and it probably could be a good win. Um, and look, you know, things played out in the game that didn't exactly you know, hit, uh, hit hit the heights of what we would have wanted to from a structure perspective. But gee, the effort, the confidence in what's going on and just the, the whole view of where we're going under the current regime. Um, All comes yeah, into sharp we're, focus. We're falling, aren't we? And I go now to my good friend, Fabian Guadagnolo. Fabian, hello. You know, I love you very much, and I think I need to just get that on the record, that you and I are the very best of friends. Can you send me a virtual hug, Sean? I'm sending you one now, sending you all the love in the world, all the love I've got to give. It's all coming your way. Um, what a Saturday, Gutsy. Um... I don't even want to talk about the game. I just want to talk to my good friend, Faber Ganoush, about how he's going and... I want to make sure that everyone out there knows that you and I like this. <laughs> two peas in a pod. We are. Very much, very much so. Oh, two, two tits and a tat, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> we'll see how people go without the tit, as we said. <laughs> how are you been going, Faber Ganoush? Lay it on us. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's, I feel like, I feel like, um, what's his name? Is that Andy Murray, but what's his name? Bill Murray. In Groundhog like Day. I just feel like we're back here discussing the same shit after another carbon copy performance of, of what it was last week. It was I just... like that uh, you've brought up the movie reference because um, <laughs> when Timbo and I do it, obviously ruffles some feathers. So now that you've given us the end to it talk was, about it, a movie. It was just called, it was called Moment of the Pod and you didn't, you didn't take to it too well, did you? I just thought that we had a lot of better stuff than that to offer. If that was the moment of the pod, you know, it's, going, it's like Timbo celebrating a handball from Adam Hartlett again. You're sort of going, jeez, I'm sure there was something. It is funny, though, isn't it? Everyone is going to listen to the same thing and there's going to be slightly different takeaways. Um, I didn't necessarily see that as our uh, peak of comedy gold for the no, evening. But, no, but, I, didn't, I didn't see but, that as the best of what we had to offer. All power yeah. to everybody, whatever they want to take. I don't think seize upon, go your hardest. I don't think it was nominated as the most comical moment of the pod. It was just the It best. was. It was nominated as the line of the pod. Yeah, it was going, the line oh, of the pod. Jesus, really? That's it a bit like, you know... I told you to, to, to shut the hell up. Yeah. I can imagine there's been instances like that in the writers' rooms at great sitcoms where they went, geez, didn't think that one would land. 
It's not even really a joke. Going, hmm, really thought we had our hopes pinned to that other joke that just fell flat. Uh, before we get into the pod proper, last week's song, of course, was Time to Say Goodbye. Uh, Wrong version of it. I don't care. I just picked whichever one came up first on YouTube. It didn't bother me at all. Um, the message was across. It was uh, picked up by quite a few. Uh, Sam Eliado hit the nail right on the head. So shout out to him. He got it. Your mate, Adrian. Vape Fabaganoush, he got it. Why is, why is he my mate? You and him. I love Adrian. You and him. You're, you're better friends than you and I. Oh, there's a knock on the door. <laughs> Kelly's on the side of the house oh. acting a fool. Well, that's not <laughs> unlike her. Matt at Lenjet, he got it as well. Ryan Gundry got it. A few people did. So shout out to all of you who uh, picked it. Very, very good stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to expose her. She just flashed me from outside Timbo. <laughs> it's true to form. It's a shame that it's, a, it's not a visual She's medium. She's yelling out the Juddernaut because that's her, her go-to. Yeah, every so. time Tim and I, just background, Sean, every time Tim and I used to talk on the phone, Kelly used to do nudie runs and, do and sticks, yell out the Juddernaut to distract us, or to distract me. Wouldn't Tim she, was just on the phone. Uh, wouldn't she do sticks? No, well, Kelly wouldn't know anything about... So Kelly's never imitated sticks. We've spoken about this many times. No, no, no. That's just to me, when she's trying to get under my skin, she'll, she'll do that. Yeah, okay, this conversation's and, going uh, nowhere. Uh, Timbo, we're going to kick off the pod. <laughs> um, what do we get out of that? Uh, that I wrote the, the very question to myself. Which is why I'm at, asking. You literally said this off. You said this two seconds before we started recording. So I thought I'll tee Tim up with something you'll be prepared for. <laughs> well, I just said, what did we gain from that game? And if the answer is anything, Timbo, I'll be, I'll be surprised. Well, and, and look again, we're, we're right back to the Adam Hartlett handball. <laughs> He's had more mentions than stats. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon I, I still like Stocker's game. I, I, you know, he was beaten a couple of times, but he was accountable and he showed speed and power and and worked. So I give him a tick for that. Fisher got through. Martin showed a little bit more at times. Jasos worked hard, but what did we gain? This is the problem, Tim. This is what we're talking about. This is a beautiful segue. We're talking about individuals offering fleeting glimpses, glimpses of something approaching a professional football team. Dow got some volume. I don't think he gave us full freight at times, but for a guy that goes in with really, really low confidence and overall expectations being low, absolutely ticked the box for what he was able to contribute. I'd like to so, see with Paddy. So, so you'd take that. I'd like to see his centre bounce attendances because he led us for clearances. Yeah, unsurprising. And then a couple of his clearances were exceptional. He overhit a couple of kicks. This is the thing, Um, though. This is the thing. He works well inside. He works well inside. He's fantastic inside. His hands inside to release were really good. He was a positive. But this is the thing. Like even in my, you know, we don't want to make it, you know, Sean's Hawks. But you sit there and you you listen to the way football's talk spoken about in that inner sanctum. And there's a lot of good natured stuff where there are certain players who accept that team doesn't necessarily want them kicking the ball. Yep. And that's just that's the way that they've played it a lot of times is really good fun and everyone knows it and everyone has a bit of a chuckle about it and and, and no one takes offence. Well, Paddy Dow's not in the team to kick the football. He's just not. That's not to say he can't kick it, he shouldn't kick it, but you see very clearly he operates on a handball-first philosophy. And that's fine. And, and that's and, fine. And, it, and, and that's, the, that's the current chapter of his evolution 
it, it will be if and if you've got a team that has got Zach Williams and Adam Saad and Zach Fisher and, and and any of these sorts of players that can potentially be running past Sam Walsh to be running past to be able to receive the ball, that needs to be what we're trying to fashion at every opportunity in time. Faber Ganoush, uh, what we're going to say tonight, everything we go through, you mentioned it earlier, a lot of it will be repeat filler. Um, we've said it all before, nothing's really changed. Tonight's episode isn't really about today. These aren't one-offs. We've been speaking about this for a long time now. David Teague is officially doing what Bolton was doing in his last days. It's history repeating, and the story, I think, is going to end the same, and it could end the same very, very quickly. Absolutely. And the, the whole reason we all jumped on the Teague train is because he brought something different. And um, he, he's just... To me, it seems like he's coaching with comfort at the moment. He doesn't seem to be coaching with a man under the... He doesn't under seem the, to realise... Yeah, he to doesn't, keep his job. No, he doesn't seem to realise... He's on the chopping block. Because if he was, he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be throwing caution to the wind. He'd be making change. He'd be, he'd be doing everything in his power to change what happens on a regular basis, week in, week out, and he just doesn't seem, doesn't seem to be happening. We're very, very easy to coach against him. That comes up every single week. We do the same things poorly every single week. Um, this week, I thought that the Eagles did an exceptional job at playing to their list. They're playing oh, a style of football that they knew we don't have A, B, and C, so we can't play our A game, if you will. We're going to have to change things. We're going to have to be more efficient, more functional. They were exactly that. We're never that. Jeez, they were smart, weren't they? They, you know, it, the comments were made during the game that you could see at times Ryan would push up into the midfield to link up with a midfielder, so that when he came back, he was bringing back a guy that he was going to be able to exploit. Um, they were always pushing extras up the ground to be able to create heaps of space in the forward line. They were moving. They were delivering the ball in quick. They were spreading wide. They were utilising a ground with not much space and created space for themselves. And they did it well. There's so they, many little sorry. things. I've got a note here. I'm going to jump ahead a bit with the chicken shits. What you mentioned there is, is what good football teams do. They do yep. stuff like that for a purpose to get a result. The idea is, Liam, you're going to push up. A, you might lose Liam Stocker, who we like. The Eagles would like that matchup to begin with, but they're going to go. You might lose him, which will therefore create a handover, which might not happen. But if it does happen, you might get a great mismatch. Yeah, it's all deliberate. It's all with a plan. It's all with a purpose. All those little things are what coaches, coaching panels, and football sort of savants plan for. They plan for every eventuality. They plan to exploit as much of the opposition as they possibly can. We don't do anything that isn't low-hanging fruit. We don't seem to have the footy IQ in the box to exploit any aspect of our opposition that is ripe to be exploited. And even little things, like I made a note during the game, this isn't a knock on on Will Setterfield in isolation, but it's just an observation I made during the game. I think it was in the third quarter. Game's pretty tight. Jack Martin gathers contest, of course, there's a big pack in our forward line. Jack Martin gathers the ball in in congestion. He's taken to the ground. He's taken high. And I thought, once again, this is not on Will Setterfield. This is the thing. Umpire the game, Will. Turn to Lee Fisher, who's not in a great position, and give him a decision to make. High. He's got him high. Gesture him, point him, go, he's got him high. High. Make the umpire go, oh, does he? Oh, he might 
he does have an arm over him, does he? Oh. And there's these little things where you see it at senior level, at VFL level, at local level. You need assholes running around leaning on the umpire. It's a really little thing. It's a really it's little... It's game awareness. It's, it's game, game awareness. awareness. It's a really yeah. little part of a bigger yeah. picture, and it's just oh, a one-off and, example. And, and I love I love watching... When you're not... When Carlton's not playing, I just love watching when there's that kick up the ground that's indiscriminate, doesn't go anywhere, it's going over the boundary line, and then the five players from the opposition team who are all closest to the line as it all goes out all at the same time, all appeal. They're making sure the umpire They're goes... They're making sure the umpire sees it. Got a he's not going to call it, that's fine, but you're giving him every single chance to make sure that he does. Like good player, like a Joel Selwood cops a bit of flack. He's played however many games. He's umpired as many games as he's played. Because he's out there making sure in the contest, in the cut and thrust, like I said, it's one very, very small part of a bigger picture, but it's another cross. And I yep. thought, I'm not hanging Will Setterfield out to that. That is just literally one example. Well, we just all, all need to be doing it. That's, you all that, need to, it's that, such a small thing that we're just not across. We're not, cognizant we're, be demanding. Of, we're not cognizant of the opportunity to exploit that element of the game. And it yep. just leads us just to more ruin, to be brutally honest. Um what did I want to see? There was some, you know, keys. It's not even keys to victory. Just what? It's, what do we want to see? You know, before the ball was bounced, I sat there and I make these notes every week. Fabaganoush, I wanted to see a positive, proactive attitude. West Coast go into the game wounded. Go after them. Did we do yes. that? From the opening bounce, no. I thought we did towards the back end of the first quarter. I thought we started to get on top of them and really. It, it was we were hunting, we were going and attacking in waves, and we just and it seems to be, again carbon copy. We just never put when we have ascendancy, we never put scoreboard pressure on anybody. But then once it became a slug or or you know a bit of a, a bit of a fight, we just weren't up for it. We well, no. thought partway through the last uh, sorry the first quarter, we'd had five more shots at goal, were and were behind. Yep. And you're sort of going, well, that's just the tail of the tape. That's <coughs> poor execution. That's a, And that's, to the Eagles' credit, they did a really good job of controlling the dangerous space in their forward 50. It just put a man back there, David. Dale Amos backs, just put a man 35 metres out from goal in the corridor who's at least going to provide a contest when the ball comes in. We have no Can shape. We... we have no structure. And they exploited it brutally. And in terms of being positive and being proactive, as soon as that kick comes in once, you go, oh, yeah, we've been a bit slack there. Happened four times. Yeah. The, the, I, I commented, I don't know if I sent it to Tim or to both of you, I just said they score so easily, correct? Score so easily. And then, and this happened early, and it, it continued to happen all game. But once they had the ascendancy, they did it with ease. Every time they were about a kick and a half out from goal, so say about 70 metres out, the 90-degree kick back into the middle of the ground was always on, every single time. They had a bloke there, they kick it to him, and then our shifting defence is just all over the place. That uh, makes begs the question, what part of the ground are we defending? Yeah. We're not we defending defend, the dangerous we, we've part. We've said it before, we don't, we don't defend the dangerous parts of the ground. Like you saw late in the game when it played into the Eagles' hands, they didn't care because they didn't need to score. When we no. kind of forced them to kick down the line... Like, Liam Jones was just picking them off for fun yep. toward the end of the game. Jacob Wiedering spoiled. Toward, like, you're going, this is the game you want your opposition to play, but you want them to play it 
when it's kind of on your terms, when the game's there to be won, not when you're four goals down, five minutes to go. Desperate to, to try and find something. It was, yeah. just, it was just horrendous. I they also to... changed. They also changed the way they structured. The minute Harry was off, so basically from the second half, they changed the way they knew. Well, Carlton ain't going to bomb it in because well, we, still we, did. we did for a little bit. We had to Conning and Pitnet in that period, but then once that kind of stopped, they 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 kind of, they felt more comfortable. But this and is that adjust. We spoke about it, Timbo. Yeah, like, they, they like, adjust as soon as, soon as Harry No, but we gone. need to adjust. But we don't. We need to adjust. We need to go, you know what, kicking it into Hearn and Barass and these guys. Not a great idea. Um, we're probably going to need to mix up the way we do things. We don't. No. At all. And, and, and when West Coast had adjusted to, to the additional big going deep, um, we didn't look like scoring. And it was... It was a little bit of pressure. It was a little bit of individual brilliance. A couple of turnovers and being able to retain possession was the only time we looked like scoring. What else I wanted to see? I wanted to see us take control in the middle of the ground. That absolutely did not happen. Um, nope. We were annihilated again at stoppage, particularly centre stoppage, just time and time again. Sheed particularly, and Elliot Yo as well, um, just took us, to the, took us to the cleaners. And you're sitting there thinking, Ed Curnow, mate... Go to Sheed. He doesn't was, was win. He on, was he on Jamie Cripps? Like, what? I, I Who think the fuck cares about it. Jamie Cripps? I think he was in a variety of different play. I, I didn't see what his final stats were. He only had seven at three-quarter time. But he hadn't. He, he, he had one tackle and three pressure acts. And it's sort of like if you're playing a defensive brand of football, you've got to be bringing more than that. Particularly when we're getting carved up. Correct. It wasn't until I saw him on screen late second quarter that I realised he was playing. Correct. So that's just... We just didn't do... Uh, there was a moment in the last quarter as well at stoppage. It was a centre bounce, and I thought that actually typifies the approach and the mentality, the confidence of the two um, midfield groups. The ball came for one of the rare times they weren't able to win it out cleanly. It went to a 50-50, went to dispute, went into sort of contest. And the Eagles halved it. They didn't win it cleanly, but they halved it. They made it a slog. We couldn't get out. It was difficult... We never did that. No. As soon as it didn't hit our hands, it was gone. Yeah. And you're thinking that's stoppage, that's craft, yeah. It's structure. It's it's fucking competitive will. Yeah, it's want. It's mindset. It's too, want. It? And you're going. No, we're we're sitting here asking, admittedly, you know, a, a Paddy Dow to Sam Walsh particularly, and a guy like Cripps, who's obviously a beast in that area, we know. But when you've got that the last guy I mentioned in your team, and you are as bad as we are at stoppage, that's a problem. The worst coach team in the league, the worst coach team in a suburban football league, if they had the best stoppage player on the ground, would be winning half. They'd be halving it. Yeah. Just from pure, I know what I'm doing, I'm going to will it, so I'm going to win it myself. Absolutely horrendous. The last thing I wanted to see uh, was, we've sort of covered him off a little bit, we won't labour on it, but I just thought, Paddy Dow's back in the team, back him in, put him in as many centre bounces as you possibly can, let him play to his strengths and let him try to do what he does well. They kind of committed to him in that four-on-four stoppage scenario. I I didn't think they gave him as many centre bounces as they should have, but like I touched on, he ends up winning a team I six clearances. Um, His work in tight by hand was really good. Um, He comes out of the game, you know, hopefully personally, with a bit of confidence. I would think so. I mean, he, he would have to have, he would have to have been happy that he he figured in the contest, he got his hands on the ball. It had been a while since he'd been 
at the level was did he end up with nineteen? Was, was, yeah, you know, was it se- was, seven yeah. kicks, twelve handballs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, that's the one. Uh, good day. You, you've, you've, we've needed a contribution. You provided a contribution. You know, and uh, and he wasn't our worst, and he made a couple of things happen on occasions. Um, happy to see him out there. Happy to see him competing. They've just yeah. got to give him minutes. They've just got to play him. They've just got to give him the opportunity and the exposure. They have to commit to it. They haven't done that for 18-odd months. It is the recognition that young players need to de- to develop. We are we, we have witnessed 51 games from Sam Walsh where he's stepped into the level and he's everything you could possibly need and more and more and more. And I think he's – I'm sure he works hard – and I'm sure he goes through his his game tapes and all that sort of stuff, and he takes every opportunity to be able to learn, and he's probably a sponge, but he is a coaching wet dream, and he is the outlier. He he, he is not what you set the standard by because he is a unicorn. No, he's destroyed what, the curve. What we need to be doing is taking every single player from 23 years and under and and teaching, 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 and letting, letting them know this is the Carlton way, both from a, a craft, a skill, decision-making, and, and an actions and attitude perspective, because we don't I, don't, have a way. I don't think we cover any of that offshore. No, we don't have a way. We don't have standards. We don't have anything. We don't stand for anything. Um, there's nothing discernible or consistent about the way we approach our footy, play our footy, the way we do anything. And if we don't have that, Sean, what the fuck are we doing? There was even another really little moment where you just thought, we, we don't want to hark back to the pit net incident, you know, against Port Adelaide. But even Nick Newman flies and, you know, breaks his own neck and yep. he's lying on the ground in a bad way. No one went to him. Yep. No one went to him. No one. But even, even at the, the, even when the, that play had finished, I can't remember, was it behind? They kicked the behind and, look, we took the behind and, like, started coming out the other end. It's like... We're a man down. We're a man down. At, at that moment, you stopped. And I think it was Doc. I think it was Doc who took the kick. And like, yeah, Doc, well, you're the yeah. fucking captain, mate. Just say, hold on. You, you stop. We, we need a stretcher. Down. Absolutely. We need a stretcher. The bloke's nearly taking his head off. But yeah. there's these little things we well, go... It's well, not to say they I, don't I, care. I had that fear of, is this that moment where a guy isn't going to walk off the ground? Look, I, I was the way that he landed, and, and we've seen it a lot, and thank God it doesn't happen a lot in football. But for a little bit afterwards, when he was still down the ground, I thought, I just hope this isn't one of these horrific incidents, and he never walks again. Like, I, I, I you know, you have that little fear, and then he's laying on the ground, and he moved his arms, and then he lifted his knee up, and you thought, oh, thank God he, he can move. And, and oh, I mean, I, I know at times you're sitting there and you're going, oh, if our MO as a football team is to move it fast, well, maybe you do take it on, but you're a man down. You're not that good. No, but you know? and, and you're under mm. pressure too. The scoreboard's against you. And it's, this isn't yep. to say no one, I'm not saying no one cared. They would all deeply care about their teammate. Show it. Show it to mm. each other. Show it to, to, to Nick. Show it to the opposition. You're in it together. There's so much about football that is body language and mindset and, and all these, once again, these little boxes just tick. We're in it together. Tick, I've got your back. Tick. We don't do any of it. We're, we're, we're left wanting. At, at, at times, the wider attitude I find insipid. But I don't know really if it's because we're not switched on to it. I don't know if it's... it's like some of these players have got so much going on week to week that they're being told to do. You have to ingrain these things from day one. These are behaviours that are expected. Yep. 
You need to pull, call people up on it. And, you know, there's a guy, <clears throat> we might speak about him a little bit later, but there's a guy that gets a lot of flack in the Carlton community, Lockie O'Brien. Lockie O'Brien, I think, is our best clubman yep. in that regard. I defy anybody, when Carlton play, if a teammate goes down, if there's a good act on the field, if there's some, if there's players getting around a teammate, I defy them to show me the instance that it's not Lockie O'Brien doing it. Hundred percent. And but can I also just touch on the same incident from a medical point of view? I'm not a doctor. We'll leave that to the great man. But well, he diagnosed him with a broken neck upon one viewing. Yeah, but on the footage, like we're doing twelve day precautionary, um, so you can't play for twelve days. Um, you have to get assessed within twenty minutes. Um, they've got the injury, so we'll do all of this. A bloke looks like he's nearly ripped his head off. Yes, he'll probably be okay. I don't care if you, the doctor should be going, Yeah, mate, you want to get up to sit down. We're going to brace you up. We're going to put you on a board and we're going to get the fucking stretcher off the ground. It was, I'm looking at that going, everything else the AFL are doing means nothing if this guy. If you let him walk off the ground. He was trying to put his arm around the other trainer. The other trainer wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trainers aren't even on the same page. Why is he walking off the ground? Oh, yeah, to show that he's okay. Mate, he doesn't get up. Yeah. You put a neck brace on him, you put the backboard on him, and you carry him off. If you, if you wait 10 minutes to be able to clear the play, you wait 10 minutes because it's just not worth the risk. I just find all it odd the, sometimes the that they allow the play. If, if that doesn't get done. I yeah, find it strange I sometimes that they allow the play to go on when there are multiple like medical professionals on the field at all. Correct. It's a, and that's even that's not even being a Carlton situation. You're sort of going, what if the ball goes out there? Mm. I love how not having a runner, having runners on the on the field is a bad look, but having medicos running through and dodging when Harry had the, it was almost a free the, kick um, against us. Ball, one, our runner nearly ran through uh, through the play, so that's a, that that's okay. We can have runners, uh, medicos running everywhere and treating people and play around them, but someone delivering the message is like, oh, it's all too congested. It's a bad look. Oh, it's just nonsense. Uh, we're going to go to the chicken salads. This will be an awfully quick. Uh, list Sam Walsh. That's about it. Oh, I've got a few more. Jeez, you're generous. Um, no, I'm not, oh, I thought Jay Sauce was 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 good. He was okay. He, well. he was okay. Played well. Um, I and think I thought Zach Fisher's return. Look, he, he fizzed out a little bit. But a little bit. He fizzed out a little bit. He was like a glass of lemonade that had been out for three days, mate. <laughs> yeah, fizzed he, out a little it was bit. His first game back, and I thought he he did bring. I thought he did bring a little bit of energy, a bit of class around, especially early. I'm not saying... I don't disagree. Early. But then, and, he, um, then he showed, like yeah. Jack Martin the week before, that he wasn't fit to play a game of AFL football. Yeah, I understand that. But Jack Martin, again, didn't start fantastically, did he? No, because he's still probably not fit to play yeah, a game but of at AFL. Least Zach, I'm saying Zach had the first half and then peed it out. I thought he had 344 metres gained. Yeah, he did so a couple. He, of, he did a couple of nice things. I think your chicken salad is more about him being back in the team than it is how he actually played. Look, I, look, I, I felt it was deserving of a mention. Jay Soss was deserving of a mention. Um, obviously, Walshy's Walshy. Eddie Betts was very good again. Eddie Betts tried to insert himself into the play when we couldn't get the ball out of our defensive eighty. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie did a lot of really it. clean things. He did a lot of really clean things at ground level that were making us look dangerous, yeah. but he couldn't do it all on his own. 
Murphy looked like he wanted to get involved early as well. No, he was very, very tentative. I think his ankle is absolutely shot to bits. Mm, but he was involved second half, not as much. Yeah, he faded. Um, I thought Wiedering's game on Darling was very good. I, mm. I think Dar- Darling kicked the first goal of the game, and then after that he was... I don't think he impacted the contest at all after that, to be honest. And and I might, I, I could be proven wrong, but I th- I think there was one bit where Darling laid a good tackle on. Uh, did he run down? He ran down Zach Williams, didn't he? And he, he was feeling his leg for a little bit after that. But beyond that, as far as an attacking play, and I mean they'll have used him in different ways and set up in different ways. But Weathering just gave him no look in from an attacking structure perspective. Equally, you know, it was then you know, Ryan that cut us open. But um, but I thought he was good and, and you touched on Jones late, albeit, you know, intercept mark and then still kick it to the opposition on at least one of the occasions on a long bomb up the line, which was hardly creative. Um, but beyond that, yeah, yeah, you're reaching for chicken salads. Yeah, I've got a lot of chicken shits there, Sean, so let's move on. I, I wanted to say one thing. I reckon Eddie's goal in the last quarter was better than his goal last week. What? But Jesus did the work. No, oh, Eddie had no part in it, did he? Oh, no, I'm not saying that he didn't, but I thought... Eddie won it like, first, he, kept it alive, got it to Jack, did, stayed alive he, again, got it back, evaded the tackle and kicked the goal. Yeah, yeah. But if Jesus isn't there, you don't kick the goal. I'm, and I'm and not I saying, thought the work that Jack did was better than what Eddie did. And yes, it's Eddie's goal, but it was one of those... You know when you walk away and you go, that's Tim, Jack Silvani's goal. I'm not saying that Eddie did it on his own. No, no. I'm good. saying as a goal, I think it was a better goal than the one Eddie kicked last week. Crazy. It was a good goal. Good goal. I liked it. It's funny, isn't it? Because that's what we were saying to you last week about the goal. <laughs> fat. We were like, yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah, it was good. It was a good goal. But you were like, oh, what? Goal like, of the year. Oh, goal of the year going, Jesus It Christ. was a one-handed pick-up. Never used the other hand. The goal he kicked and out of mid-air. Andrew, put it through. The goal he kicked out of mid-air the other week was better. Anyway. Move on. Move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, chicken shits. We're head cases. We're just complete head cases. Um, unfortunately, Me- mentally weak. Mentally we are, weak. We are mentally we are fragile. Very mentally weak. Um, I- I'm going to just go out and say it. Yeah, absolutely. Part of that's down to the inherent mentality of a group. An enormous part of that is down to the mentality that is forged from above, and the mentality that is given to the players and imbued upon the players. Um, and that's just not up to snuff. We are horrendously coached. We have seemingly no... I don't know if it's this American all-in-a-day's work, we don't want to do the rah-rah stuff. We don't want to do the Fergie, give them a cause, give them a narrative, give them a story. We no. want to do that. It's all about the process, and the process is this, and if we do the process, we win the game. Well, but it's, it's so new, Carlton, isn't it? It is. It's so new, Carlton. And everyone... You've raised it before, Sean, and we're... We try to disown ourselves or distance ourselves from this, from the old Carlton. But the old Carlton would have had John Elliott in the rooms, and he wouldn't give a. F- trying to swear, he wouldn't care whether you're the head coach or a second game or whatever. You knew the stakes. Yep. You knew the stakes. We've distanced ourselves from everything that made Carlton a powerhouse because we are, for whatever reason, we are embarrassed by it. And you're like, it's the classic thing where, like, I'll give you, so the, the, the prison bar jumper thing always bemuses me. This idea that it's a trademark and it's Collingwood and it's infringing on sales, you can't sell it. You're not selling to the same market. So no, that's it. This idea that Collingwood fans aren't buying a prison bar jumper and Port Adelaide fans aren't buying a Collingwood jumper 
you've all got your own segmented market and audience who are interested in your product. So Carlton distancing themselves from old Carlton, quote unquote, because oh somebody else doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Well, and and let's face it. Own it. Manche- Manchester United wear red. Own the heat. Liverpool. That's wear not what red. Timbo. That's not what we're talking Arsenal about. Wear red. Own the Who heat. Cares? Own yeah. the heat. Yeah. If I'm Port Adelaide, own the heat. Push them on it and go. We're wearing it. So, if you, um, we're going to take it to the nth degree. We're wearing it, and mm. if you want to find us points, I'm sure we'll, we're going to be the ones who win the, the battle in the court of public opinion. So play to your base, Carlton Football Club. Stop being soft cocks. Stop doing stuff that oh, you know, old Carlton used to do this and old Carlton used to do that. And go, old Carlton used to win games of football and premierships. We're trying yep. to be. I use the example, you know, final a while ago that we're Stone Cold Steve Austin when he came out in a suit and a tie, and the joke was they wanted him to be the corporate, the face of the industry, the face of the company, and whatnot. And it wasn't him. That was the joke. And then he ends up taking it all off and stunning Mr. McMahon, and the crowd goes nuts because it's he's playing to the crowd. Yep. The crowd don't want him to wear a suit and a tie. Yeah. The Carlton Football Club crowd don't want us to be this lovey-dovey kumbaya singing circle jerk off the field that doesn't win. Yeah. The Detroit Pistons fab, did they give a shit no. about what their opponents, what the other fans, what the media... No, they put the black hat on and they said, yeah, we're the bad boys. Yep. And I'm not saying go out and become a bunch of heels and go over the top, but embrace what is inherently in your club's character and live up to it. Sit there and go, yeah, let's do it. Let's go after that 17th premiership by being brutal, by being ruthless, by being uncompromising, by being a pack of you-know-whats. Mm. Let's do it. Not, and not just on the field towards the opposition, towards each other. Yes. Drives each other. I love the story of the the Fraser Brown playing midfield and David Parkin basically said, you've got to go and tell Diesel he's not playing in the middle. Go and take it off him. Could you imagine that now? What happened? No, no. no. Um, We want to talk about our coaching. The the Eagles were able to open up the ground far too easily and expose the dangerous space, as we said earlier. I actually don't know how to say it. We are the worst coach team in the competition. Um, It is not close. There is not... We we played this ground last week, Sean. Yeah, I know. The advantage... We we played it worse this week. The advantage that was afforded us by playing on the SCG last week was massive. It should have been... It should have been our one wood. It should have been. It should have been what the difference between the two teams were today. Because whatever whatever we did wrong last week, we were able to refine and consolidate and do it better. And we didn't. A big part of that we got out coached is we have no shape without the ball. The Eagles did circle work transitions, C shape back and around on a small ground that should be yep. easy to defend. They did C-shaped transition to the other wing, just hit up uncontested mark, uncontested mark, uncontested mark, got to within scoring range, and they just went back inside. And we don't tease, which is this is a basic fundamental of football, played at any level of the game. Tease a 50-50. You stand off your man in a potentially dangerous spot. Teams want to kind of have the corridor if they can because it opens up the field and it gives you, you know, 180 degrees ahead of you to use the football. We either play the wing, which gives us 90 degrees, so teams want to go inside if they can. You tease 
that inside kick. And you, you basically put it on your fab. If you want to kick the ball to Tim, you're going to have to hit him on the nipple. Yeah. You show, you show your chin like a go, good boxer does. Because I'm right there. Yeah. Go, I'm, go, if you're good enough to hit him, yeah. good on you. But if it's a centimetre off, I'm on him and it's a loose ball. It's a contest. Yeah. Yeah. We just sag off. We don't make them hesitate or panic by foot because we just give them the easy hit up. That's about yeah. intensity. That's about it's not effort as such. That needs to be drilled into you. Because we don't do it. It's not like it happens once or twice. It happens 50 times a game. And the other thing that so it's not a priority. Me, Sean, is, is we had opportunities to tackle on occasions when we did get the opportunity to put pressure on and we just fall off tackles. We, we've done it for years. We still do it. And it just annoys me. You know what? If four, gonna, Tim, you know, we only had four inside 50 tackles today. Tim. Four. If, it does not surprise me. If they're going to break the tackle, you know what? You know what my message would be? This is, once again, this is local football. Okay, if I'm going to try to tackle you and they're going to get the ball out, that's fine, but you go to ground. Yep. Or you get hit in the tackle, you get hit hard, body on body. And it's just a little reminder, it's a little receipt, this idea you go, oh, wow, gee, that was a bit, that was firm. I, I got rid of the ball, but like, I felt that. Yeah. Well, you're just a bit sort of, bit ginger. And then you know what happens? The next time you're in the stoppage and you see that guy in the stoppage with you, I've actually got a fraction of a second less. Yep. Yep. We know who does that. You know who does that? The only player I've seen do it for Jack us, Mitch McGovern. Mitch McGovern. Jack, yeah, Ma- Jack Martin does it a bit. Yeah, Jack, Jack Martin's like, he, 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 he tackles to hurt, yeah. But that's what you've got to do. So the other thing, Faber Ganush, and this one was just irritating me no end. I'm, I made a note of it. Be predictable to your teammates. Yeah. The Richmond Football Club, who have been the preeminent side of the last four or five years, they play in chaos. Absolutely, they play in chaos. But they play a style of football that is entirely predictable to every other teammate on the ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I might get it 55 out. Yeah, okay, and it's, a, it's it's not a mark, it's not a kick mark situation, it is play on. But they all know where the ball's going. And the man who should lead to it leads to it. The guys who should be front and square are front and square, etc., etc. They clear the leading lane. They are so predictable to one another. The Eagles today were predictable to one another. The only thing predictable about Carlton is that we're unpredictable. Oh, I hate that saying. But the only the only, the only thing that we do like we we just we just if we want to play in chaos that's fine but it's chaos for everyone on the field and that's not fine that's not how you execute that style and it's the most obvious thing in the world it's just it's maddening we are not predictable to each other ever like we don't do the classic rugby style okay a couple of times we, we did it a little bit at half back but the idea that you get it so if it's Liam Jones, Liam Jones, your kicking license is revoked. Like, legitimately, yeah. good teams sit there and go. Like a but it is good teams do this at every level of the game. Geez, Timbo, you're not a great kick, but you're a fucking good mark. If I'm Saad, if I'm Williams, if I'm Stocker, there should be four or five blokes at every opportunity that are flying by for the hands. And given yeah. the way the mark is now, you can't move. Perfect. Should be easy. Perfect. Yeah. But we don't do that. We don't think to do that. We let Liam Jones take 5,000 intercepts and just kick the ball blindly down the line to no one. We don't give it to someone who can kick the ball. Be predictable. Liam Jones should mark it and then pivot and immediately see somebody in a blue jumper go in hands. Yeah. And then you're off. And they can't all go at the same time because you can't all be running off your man you know, when, when you're a defender first. But, but identify quickly. That's when you yeah, identify exactly Jones right. has taken the mark exactly, and then exactly you Williams is going this time. 
Saad stays back. The next one, Saad goes, Williams stays back. So you're not you're not putting in repeat efforts and you're not blunting, you know, your, your ability to further impact the game. But you, as you say, you're playing smart. But it's, or you open up the ground in if he does have to kick it, he's kicking into a space where he can miss me by twenty five yards either way. And it's fine. That you know, that kind of half sideways backwards kick where yeah, if he marks it on left wing, no old oh, Liam's gonna get this. Start to create, start to open up. So yeah. I made the point. You can play in chaos. A lot of teams play in chaos. They like to do it. But it is underpinned by some pretty basic principles, some pretty basic, this is what we do in this situation, in this situation, in that situation. You don't just play bullet a gate, let's just go. No, no, it's underpinned by the goalkeeper out the back or somebody, a winger, holding his shape out wide to make sure there is the option inside, you know, down the, down the corridor or on the, you know, the, the edge of the centre square. We don't do anything intelligently. We aren't coached intelligently. Therefore, we don't play intelligently. It's fairly basic stuff. And if anyone seriously thought before today, I think best case scenario for David Teague before today was he survives with maybe one other. No, everyone's on the table now. Yeah. Everybody. We've got 10 games left of this season. And and there's there's a lot of games that we match up on that we should be competing and possibly that, No, no, we should, but, but we should, but we're not. But we're not. But if if, if those ten games, I mean, look, I, I, I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. We're going to play. We're going to play Adelaide two weeks after the bye. Loss. Uh, well, and on current form, it's a loss. Three weeks after that, we play Collingwood. Loss. The week after that, we play North. Loss. <laughs> no, they'll beat us. They'll beat we us play, because they'll we set play themselves. Killed in the week after that. No, that mate, will be the loss. North Melbourne will set themselves because they'll sit there and go, "We can. This is a winnable game. This, this is, is a winnable, winnable game." And, and, we'll, then, and then we play Gold and we, Coast you know in what? the third last round of the year. If I'm David Noble, I'm laughing because I'm sitting Fuck there going, knows. "I'm sitting there going, this is a winnable <laughs> game," and they know it. They yeah. know it. They are shitting themselves because yep. they know that the pressure's on them. They're the favourites. They're going to have to produce. They're going to have to turn up. It's all on them, and they can't handle it because they never, they never. We haven't shown we can handle pressure, legitimately, in a big stakes game. Well, as we've always said, no one respects us. Well, if if we don't get through Collingwood and North Melbourne and St Kilda in three consecutive weeks, and have at least, I mean, again, St Kilda's best football and the way that they played last final series. If they play their football their way, you know they, how the they, they should be beat us. No, I don't. You know how the game will turn. St Kilda. It, well, I, I'll tell I you what, if Maxie gets they, up they, by they the way will, that he did on the weekend, Jesus, they will wallop us. They will absolutely wallop us. Speaking yeah. of chicken shits, just between me and you, I, like I honestly think there's been a little bit of a. I'm not. This is not on us. This is on the broader Carlton community, and there's a lot of shows like us who do a lot of fantastic work to facilitate a conversation, and. Uh, you know, communication within that community. We've got a really reactionary footy department that I think has reacted to the calls for a Paddy Dow to be played. No I think doubt. they've reacted for, and, and different things in the past, again, as well, like a docker to be kind of pushed up on the ball. I think there's a lot of, geez, give the fans a little bit of what they're after, because if we at least give them what they're after, then that's just that's just something we can manage. We can say, well, we've tried him, we've tried him. How Sam Petrevsky seaton and Lockie O'Brien, who are two good users of the football, have no place in this team 
is one of the biggest mysteries in the AFL. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. I don't have... I don't hate Matthew Cottrell. So I want to preface what I'm saying with... I don't hate Matthew Cottrell. Mind you, that inside kick today, I, I lost my absolute... Nah, it, was nah. tr- it was atrocious. It was the worst thing I've ever seen on a football It, it wasn't VFL standard. I don't have inside... I've prefaced it. I don't hate Matthew Cottrell. But Sam petrovsky Seaton playing the exact same role would give you 200% better output. Fact. But Cottrell, he kicks the ball Cottrell fifteen meters, Fab. He only kicks the ball. He only kicks the ball fifteen meters. At least he's fucking hitting the target. Yeah. Prioritizing Sam, the wrong thing. Sam Seaton has the potential to make us a better team and make us more competitive and more dangerous. Matthew Cottrell works hard and is very defensive minded, and he can be very accountable. And and early in the season, when we're expected to win, and we probably erred on too much attack. We needed to correct the way that we were going about it and lock down and be a bit more defensive and more respectful of our opposition. That's when Cottrell came in and he had a specific role to play and credit where it's due, for two or three weeks, Matthew Cottrell played the role that he was asked to do brilliantly. He didn't make us better. I don't know if he played it brilliantly. But, but, but well, no, I he think he okay. played the role brilliantly. Um, he wasn't winning games of footy off his own boot, but that wasn't what he was being asked to do. If, if if we need guys that can propel us forward and make us better and more dangerous and in a contest for longer, Patrickski Seaton has to be in ahead of Cottrell. You know who the biggest? You know the most important. Um, you know who the most important man at Princess Park is at the moment. Brad Lloyd, uh, Nick Austin. Right at this very moment, because Nick yep. Austin can't do anything now. We have to wait until November. The most important person in the building at Princess Park. Right now, as we sit here on the 6th of June, is Brad Lloyd. It's massive. I agree. 100%. Brad Lloyd has to have the cojones to give David Teague the missive, the the Billy Bean, you know, anyone but Mags first out of the pen, um, etc. He has to be the guy that sits with him and says, Samo plays, and he plays forward to centre. O'Brien plays on a wing. You know, Fisher's on the other wing. Etc. Etc. Mark Murphy, he's the sub, if he plays at all. Etc. 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 He basically has to sit there and be the general manager in American football terms, and almost say, "If you are not prepared to carry this out, I will find somebody who is." Yep. Can I put it to you, Sean? And we have given him his his, his just desserts for the off-field stuff that he's done, but does Kane Little dabble too much in football? Well, who knows? In the football department. Well, if it's Kane Little's decision to make, if it's Kane Little's voice to use in that department, he has to be the one that does it. You need. No, you need... It, it definitely has to come from from Brad Lloyd. But if Brad Lloyd feels like, Lloyd, but, but I, maybe I, Brad I, Lloyd. I get this feeling that Kane Little, even going back to the whole, you know, the recruitment of the, the former Richmond players and so forth, I think he has. Because everyone wants it. CEOs, Greg's ones like that. CEOs, the sexy part of the business is football, and that's what they want to be involved in. But not not knowing exactly what's going on in that regard, it's hard to Mm. comment. But at the same time, if Brad Lloyd feels as though he needs Kane Little's permission to do this stuff, that's a problem. But if it's Kane Little's permission to give, he's in it as well. He has to give it. And he has to sit there and say, you know what, David? Uh, We need you. And we've spoken about this. We're broken record. If they need permission to play the kids, quote-unquote, then you have to give it. 
and you have to say, you know what, we're four and eight. Would we be any worse if we'd played Lockie O'Brien for the last 10 weeks? Not at all. Would we have been any worse if we played Samo for the last however many weeks? Not at all. So we're losing games, no. playing the players and the traits that you have prioritised ahead of these guys. We are diminishing their value. We are shattering their confidence. Um, and we're basically ushering them out the door slowly, slowly. Yes, we can see you, Fab. Um, I just think that they need to... What are you doing, Fab? We can see you. You're back now. Yep. Sorry. Um, you guys were gone. Yeah, it was you. We could sorry. see you the whole time yep. was really wondering what was going um, on. Oh, sorry. Kane Little maybe needs to be the one then, but Brad Lloyd certainly does, if it's not him, to basically take control of the football department, that is your remit, and steer it through this shitstorm that may or may not be some of your fault. Who knows? Well, and I think, Sean, you may, the point you're making is absolutely bang on. We, we often say, in a slightly different way, we, we sometimes say um, Teague should go to Paddy Dow, or insert young player here, you have got the next three weeks. Doesn't matter if you don't touch the ball at all, you will not be dropped. Just play to your strengths, play your way, have a crack, enjoy it. What somebody needs to be saying to David Teague right now is, you put you put the best team on the field for the future of Carlton right now, because he's doing what the, Bolts did. The, Tim yeah, Ozenie. the season is gone, and you need to develop. David if you're Teague, getting one handball out of Adam Hartlett and improving this football club. We don't care, but we have to be moving forward. David Teague and his coaching crew have committed, and unsurprising because many of them are the same faces and names. They're committing the same sins of the last days of Bolton in that they are coaching for themselves and their own careers. Yep. You know, classic money ball again. I've got to coach the team in a way I can explain in job interviews. They're coaching the team for themselves and for their security, not for the betterment, the medium and long term of the Carlton Football Club. And somebody needs to recognise that, whether it's Lloyd, whether it's Little, I'm not sure, but somebody needs to have a pretty frank conversation with these guys that you are coaching the team in a manner that prioritises your tenure and your employment over where the Carlton Football Club wants to go, needs to go, can go with a few of these players. So when Brody Kemp's fit enough to play, it's really unfortunate for him that he gets one game of VFL football and then the VFL shuts down. It's a real shame for him because he would have had another two weeks by this point and almost be in calculations if he got through those. Sit down. I used the example last week of showing... You know, Paddy and, and Samo, their, their highlights and, and having them critique themselves and what are they doing well. First thing tomorrow, if I was his line coach, probably even tonight, to be brutally honest, I'd go, we've got to play Lockie next week. He's got to play. <clears throat> and I would tell Lockie, I'd probably tonight. tell him tonight. I'd go, let's yeah. go get a, grab a coffee, mate. And I'd say, look, you're in next week and you're in, you're in for a month minimum. What happens from there is on you. But I'd actually sit there and go to him, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling about this? You'd be frustrated, wouldn't you? Once again, if you believe it or not, I don't care. But be the guy that sits there and goes, I bet you are. I bet you're really frustrated. I bet you're really annoyed, really disappointed with how it goes. That Jack yeah, needs- Empathy is one of the absolute keys to coaching and dealing with people and getting the best yeah, out of everybody. Con him, con him into thinking, you know what, mate? It's actually our fault. Whether yeah. you believe it or not, it's actually well, our fault. Well, you give it, you give him the out to be able to say this isn't on you. You know where you're at now isn't on you. 
what is on you from here moving forward. What happens in two weeks? It, it, is, is how you go about it and the effort not, that you put in it, and we'll review the tape and we'll work out what you've done right and wrong, where your further improvement is, and we're going to make you the best footballer that you can be from here forward. So we obviously, we, at this point in time, who knows what will change. We have a bye next week. But I would sit there and say, okay, so in this hypothetical, I've, we've got you back in the team. You're going to be running around for us. You know what I'd say to him? So what do we need from you on the track, when, whether it's tomorrow, whenever it is we return to training? Going, what do we, what's your role? What's your role in the team? Go be up. Yeah. Be happy. Be energetic. Go, yeah. go, come yeah. into the club. Come onto the track and be switched on. Every drill, every moment. Well, use your well, it's voice. It's the old Dale Thomas. Yeah, Dale Thomas came out of this team two years ago and he was, he was our lightning rod. You know, he, he, there were other players playing similar roles that were contributing just as much from pure football perspective. But I think what he gave us from a, um, a culture perspective was really, really strong and it was really, really important. Um, I think Eddie Betts does that off-field really, really well. And that's why keeping Eddie as involved as possible, I think, is important. We need more people like that. Embolden them to be that person. Absolutely. And if no one can, like, if some of those people at the footy club, and the, and the tragedy for, for guys like Samo and for, for Lockie at the moment is, from the outside looking in, their papers are being stamped. But once again, from the outside looking in, they have got AFL attributes that we have not Correct. exploited. And you're just going... New co- a new coach might, uh, might save them both. Might be the old uh, Brendan Favola. Favola. The coach, the coach mm. loves me. Um, and then lastly on the chicken shits, once again... You know, we went early on this you know, from a long way out. We are not fit enough. I'm happy to give the new ball to either of you two gentlemen to discuss that, but we are not fit enough. Oh, I, I think it's obvious. I, I think it's obvious. It's obvious that we're not. We're not. We're not showing at any point in time that we're fronting up to a contest and we're outrunning the opposition. We have players that are coming into games that are underdone and they're getting through just, and they're, they're suffering at the end of it, and their output and their contribution isn't up to stuff. Now, you touched on another good point, Sean, is when you're trying to reintroduce Zach Fisher back into the team, you're trying to introduce Jack Nunes back into the team, and you don't have VFL as a vehicle to be able to assist in doing it. Some you know, Right now, for these last two weeks, you just got to play them because you don't have the option... And having them sit in the grandstand doing nothing is not making them better. So, unfortunately for us, these last two weeks, we've probably had two or three guys that have played when there might have been another a lever that you could have pulled um, in uh, transitioning them back into the senior team. Right now, we've just, you know, it's the Band-Aid situation of we're putting you in and whatever happens, happens. Uh, and we'll wear it because we just don't have a plan B. We don't have an op- we don't have a second option. The only the only other option you would have had with Jack Martin last week and with say Zach Fisher this week is to be the medical sub and hope that you have an injury because then we can inject you in and you can play AFL level football because otherwise you've got nothing. And I'm not going to say that that's necessarily on Andrew Russell because he may well say Jack's eighty percent or seventy percent. And then it's up to match committee to select him. So we can't just say the ones who are coming back. But going further beyond them as a whole, as a collective, and this is a statement without knowing the actual stats, I reckon we are the worst 
red time team in the comp. We look gassed. It cop red time goals week after week after week, and it's do we cop so frustrating. I don't think we copped them today. We copped a goal with a minute ago twice today. Did we? Yeah. We um we were out of legs with I think there was seven minutes on the clock in the second quarter. Yeah, and we were yeah, it beat, we were it beat done. down our end a bit, and then it came back the other way. And it looked like we battled to get back, but I didn't think West Coast looked like they had great legs at that time as well. I recognised it when when you pointed it out, but I looked at it and thought, I'm not afraid by this yet. Um, but it didn't look good. It did. A few of the guys did look very heavy legged, and and it was interesting. Quite um, early in the final quarter, they flashed up the stat that said West Coast West Coast had 24 rotations to go. We had 18. And you thought, you know, relative to them, that they're going to be able to be pulling a few more blokes off to coin the phrase with Harry Mackay the other week, um, you know, more than what we do. So, um, How much you, time do you get between goals? So goals kicked now 30, given the... 30 seconds? It's about a minute. All right. you, I think it used to be they yes. aimed for about 30 seconds and, and this year they've made a... Um, a conscious effort, a to, conscious extend effort to extend it because it just means that mm. the the, you know... And the I think they've shortened television rights early on because the Carlton Richmond game there was like what thirty five, yeah thirty four and thirty five minutes. Of course, Collingwood was the same thing. Yeah. So this running off the ground after you've kicked the goal is just nonsense. Yeah. Sprinting off the ground, I don't understand how that helps anybody. No, no. And, and once upon a time when you only had 30 seconds and you had to make a change quickly and set if up you're for, a midfielder, for if six, you're a six, midfielder, six, six, yeah. But if you're a small forward or, or God forbid, a key forward, what's the point? Mm. No, there is no point. No, that's a, I'm not even sure if that discussion was broadly about fitness by the end, but uh, fitness <laughs> is a problem. That was the question that we posed just at the start of that. Um, but but, but it, it I, is a I think our list, Sean, right now across the board from a, a health, injury, fitness and depth of output, we're not we're not a fit forty four at the moment. We're we're mate. We can't run out of half. Yeah. It's, it's the second half. You're like, yeah, okay. You've played. You've played one eight. But we can't run out the first half. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on now to Fabian's favourite segment. You've got mail. Mm. Uh, Jürgen, the German, gets in touch. Who's at fault <laughs> for the season? It's clear we're below standard across the board and we have a serious issue in direction. Do we, the, do we bite the bullet on Teague and or his assistance or do we wait until the off-season? Part of me, to be brutally honest, like, uh, you know what? We can afford to be mavericks and mad scientists because we actually have nothing on this, like, like legitimately. But I think that... Uh, I think that UK sports pull the trigger on coaches like you know, soccer. I think they pull the trigger on coaches too quickly. I think we wait too long. I think there's a happy medium there in the way they do it, the way we do it. I, look, after tonight, we've got to buy. I, I, would, I wouldn't be against being like ultra bold and doing the, the boldest clean out a club has ever done. And just said, we're not wasting another session. We're not wasting another training session. We're not wasting another meeting. And just go, everyone gone. And you know what? Just Who are you going for? I'd bring in Ross and just say, do you want a caretaker, say, Ross? I, go, just go, but they always... won't. We speak about this. They won't do it because he's mates with Sauce. But mm. just sit there and go, Ross, do you want the gig? 
caretaker to the end of the year. Go no, no promises. We'll see how it goes. Just go. You got a you got a ten game contract. Go and yeah, if you're going okay, we'll think about it. But I was always of the opinion I don't want to be. I don't want swallow to your pride. Is what I'm saying. Lion coached side need because of the whole defensive element that goes with it, but. He brings structure. Yep. He would bring absolutely bring structure and a game plan that is consistent. And he brings effort. His he players love him. Effort. Players love him. He's very empathetic. He's, players uh, love him. They know where they stand with him. They play for him. They and I, they and I buy think we've got a in. list. I think we've got a list that is more talented Fab, potentially than what Fab. he's had at his disposal. I'll, he, I'll he give you an well example. The we've got. I'll give you an example, Fab. Raised questions, bit a little bit of a head scratcher when it happened, and he kind of went, "Oh yeah, well, okay, whatever." What happened at Chelsea when Goose Hitting came in? When Hus came in, when who did Hus replace? Did he replace Jose? I'm not sure who he replaced when he came in, but it, it, but might have been a Avram Grant or someone like that. I don't know, but he won the FA Cup. Yeah. But the players, what he came in as, he came in as a cut above the stock standard interim manager. Yeah. And he came in with everybody being wholly and solely aware that you're not here for a long time because he had the World Cup coming up. He was coaching Russia. But not here not, for a long time, here for a good time. But he came in and he coached like a guy who, you know, was free in that regard. He brought discipline. He brought that empathy we talk about. And as a leader of football club, A, immediate respect. B, he's got the runs on the board. He knows what he's doing. And see, there was just no, as I said, there was no misnomers about what, what everyone's here to do. I'm here to coach for the short term as such to get you guys on track. He was, for a lot of those guys, probably the most experienced manager they'd worked under. And there was a level of respect there immediately as he came in. And they wouldn't ever do it because of that Ross thing. I think to swallow your pride. The sauce thing, you mean? The, well, the Ross sauce. I think to swallow your pride and go, you know what? For 10 weeks... For 10 weeks, this is the best guy we're going to get, and then we can reassess it. Because we're not hiring a guy. If you sack your coach now, which we would be well within our rights to do, don't hire someone in June to be your coach for the next five years. Because you don't know who that there's, is. There's no rush. There's no rush. Mm. But, so, and, but, but, Sean, I think the bigger, the bigger thing at hand is, is in, the, in the time, and it, they don't even need to take the full two weeks, I reckon they've employed Worsfold to be like their, you know, director of coaching and oversee, and they can have a frank discussion with him, um, and and you know, any of the power brokers at the football club, and the only crutch associated with it is Hardwick was almost out the door, Mark Thompson was almost out the door, and Don't Tom do Goodwin was almost Don't out the do door, it, and, and and it's almost like there's this little asterisk of. But maybe in the right circumstance, this coach can flourish. But I reckon we've probably got to be bold enough to say, is David T going to be one of the great coaches of the AFL when we look back in 15 years' time? And if there's, if there's a group of people that are saying he hasn't made enough of meaningful change for this group in the two years that he's had them, that I don't think he's the guy to take us forward, then, as you say, do exactly what you're saying. Say, you know, Ross, you've got 10 weeks. Show but us just, what you've got for 10 weeks. And, 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 and we're employing you as a caretaker coach but as a genuine consultant to the football club and tell us what we've got 
and what we need to change. Yeah, mate, be up front. And there's some up chance front with him and you go where, the next contract too. But I, I you would, might mate, not as I well. wouldn't even say that. I'd just go, we need a coach for 10 weeks for us. Yep. And what happens beyond then, we'll, we'll assess it. We're fluid. Um, you're welcome to like apply for it. We're welcome to talk to you if you want to continue on sort of thing. But there are no promises. We need a coach for 10 weeks. Do the old, like they do it a lot in England. They do it a lot in soccer where it's like, we're not lucky to have you as such because you don't actually have a job <laughs> at the moment. So this idea that we owe you something, go, no, we're hiring you to coach the club for the next 10 weeks. That's it. Who's the bloke in the EPL that always gets the job? Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Him and Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew yep. gets it. Kerbishly used to. Moyes yep. does a little bit. Yeah, we just need to stay up and we need somebody to galvanise no, the group is, and we need No, points. but this is what I'm talking about, Tim. I'm talking about all those clubs fall down the Steve Bruce and they get the same guy and then yeah. they're, they, they sh- they're shocked and they scratch their head when the same result turns up. No, you've got to think out, outside the square. If Ross Lyon is not coaching at the moment, he is out there, he is available, don't tell me Ross Lyon in this dream world scenario, don't tell me Ross Lyon isn't one of the best 18 football coaches in the country. Agreed. So... He currently doesn't have a job. Why did Fremantle sack him? Well, maybe a bit of butting heads with footy admin and whatever else. And Brad Lloyd worked under Ross, I would imagine. Well, that, that worked against us or for us? Well, who knows? In this situation. But who knows? But this is swallow your pride. George Steinbrenner hired and fired Billy Martin like five times. They just kept hiring him. Yeah, you can have another go. We did it with Parco. Yep. Yeah, come back, Parco. But just sit there and go, he's one of the best 18 coaches in the country. Chelsea did it with Jose. Chelsea did it with Jose. Real Madrid done it with Ancelotti. Uh, Patrick Gleeson, look, I don't want to rub it in. I was there again, sending his love to everyone down uh, in Victoria. Um, what? Uh, where in the coaching manual, manual does it say vacate the corridor at all costs? As someone said, you're either coaching, you're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. It's got to be about that time, yeah. So obviously referring to Tiggy, we, we spoke about this off the top a little bit, Patrick. You're 100 percent right. He's either letting it happen or he can't stop it. And you're going, well, that's either of those answers is unacceptable. Well, it's inexcusable either way. Yeah. Josh Waldron, we have a big payroll for not a lot of output. As soon as Harry went down, it was game down for me. I couldn't work out how he would score. We still persisted with the big dump kick. I don't want any more off-field announcements. Just get the on-field right. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of off-field announcements coming. Don't worry about that. And and, and let's not... Like, I, I don't want to give people excuses either, but I could see... I could, <laughs> I could see a forward line at Carlton, a half-forward line of Mitch McGovern, Charlie Curnow, Lockie Fogarty, and a full-forward line of David Cunningham, Harry Mackay, and Michael Gibbons, and we had none of them. So you, you sit there, and not to say that that's our best six, but that's a pretty good six. You could have Oscar McDonald in there. You could have Matthew Kennedy in there as well, if you want. Well, when Oscar gets and, off his Zimmer frame, we'll get him in. Yeah, Kaz Bolt could be floating around in there as well. No, and, what? And, Are you talking about the half-forward line no, for no, the no, Northern I'm just Blues? Saying, in, in general, Edit in general, what, 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 but what we were operating with today, in the absence of, was always going to make it hard, but... Um, you just whether there's a level of resignation with the players that know what they don't have and they're not putting the appropriate effort in as professional footballers, um, 
that that's that's another story again. But today just wasn't good enough. We've got Tom Cassidy. Why can't we run out games? Russell's on huge coin. It never gets brought up. I think he should be first in the gun. Oh, make no mistake. Like once again, we, we've spoken about this at odds. We raised the question sort of earlier in the season. At, at whatever point, I'm not sure. It wasn't about putting Russell in the gun. It was about saying, "Geez, this guy's on a on a big slice of our footy department soft cap. We need to be getting." Pretty good value, pretty discernible value out of him. We're just, we're not. We're just not. His job was to give us a competitive advantage, and he is, he is not. Like it's, Espe- it's especially when you play, you're paying industry leading dollars. If you're not getting industry leading performance, it's just the reality, isn't it, Timbo? Why are you paying him? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the answer might be, and I don't know the numbers, but let's say, for instance, that he's on five hundred grand. If Probably he wants more. to stay. He'd be doing it. He'd be on two fifty. Yeah, the number, the number has to come back. Absolutely, uh, it has Paddy, to come back, even if he's the man. Paddy George one three one playing way too many players. <laughs> one three one playing one too. It might be Paddy George one three two. Just wanted to make sure the right one got the shout out. Playing way too many players <laughs> out of position and hoping they'll eventually work. No, absolutely, good football teams don't shuffle the deck chairs like we do and go. Oh, geez, I don't know about this. We Fab, you've spoken about this. If you are the 40th player on our list, but you are the best back pocket, you play. You play. We don't shunt somebody down there who won't know what they're doing, who will be exposed, lead them down the garden path to be exploited. It's just dumb. It is dumb management of our playing list. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, Laura Jensen, our lack of passion on the ground and intent is becoming worse each week. What is happening with our culture behind the scenes to inspire such little effort? And that's why we need to change. Because for whatever but reason... Lo- losing doesn't help. Do you know what I mean? Losing and being in games and then seeing it slip away again and again, it's because, demoralising Because the method isn't being validated. The message from the coaches yeah. isn't being validated. You sit there going, you ask us to do this, you ask us to play a particular way, it doesn't work. You ask us to prepare like this, you have us do this drill so we can run the game out, it doesn't work. So that's where the playing group becomes disconnected from the broader footy department because they're, they're sitting there going, well, everything you're telling us is coming up short. So then it becomes you know, self-preservation amongst the list as well. What do I have to do to make sure I get a game next week? And there's only a couple of players in that team who should know they get a game every week. But it looks like there's about 15. Yep. So when you get a guy like Ross, sorry to harp back onto that, but he comes in and immediately I think the culture of the football club, the expectations and the standards of the football club are completely recast. Because under the current regime, if, they're, if they exist, they are being observed. You're right. Uh, not Ben Curry, fucking legless. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, George uh, and Jealous, more of a wish than a question, but I don't want any conveniently moderated online AGMs. I want to look those people in the eyes. I have them look us in the eyes. Absolutely. That, that's a that fair ain't going to happen. That's a fair. That is a fair request. We have bloody oath it is, but it's not going to happen, Sean. That is a fair request, um, particularly with a new president incoming. You know, I'll hide behind COVID. We spoke about, uh, you know, during the week came little, um, and it, it feels a bit disingenuous on our behalf to bury this at the one minute, sorry, one hour, 11 minute mark. But to secure another or a new co-major sponsor in this climate, to turn Virgin, who had obviously 
been in, in really dire financial straits of their own and were our co-major, to turn them into well, a re-upped sponsor and to fill that void with Great Southern Bank is an absolute feather in the cap of Kane Little and our commercial team. It is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You've got teams like the Bulldogs who are enjoying their best start to a season potentially ever who can't sell the back of their Guernsey. They've only done it recently. You know, Pedigree chum, Sean. <laughs> One of the great tweets. Um, they're, they're six and seven zero. Oh, plaudits back of the newspapers on every footy program. Can't sell the back of their Guernsey, and you got us really battling, who have been able to turn that relationship into a more valuable, more meaningful relationship. Lock them in for three years. It's phenomenal. The work that's going on down at the footy club, outstanding. You know, Princess Park will, will be one of the best training bases in the it's country. Not the best. In the country. Take yeah. every sport, every code, all our opposition. It'll be phenomenal. It's going to be absolutely outstanding. So full credit to Kane Little, the board, and everyone who's behind that. That's phenomenal. The sweetest sponsors, again, outstanding. What they've been able to do in this time, really good stuff. Uh, really good stuff. Mm. But you can't hide from the membership who you keep lauding. You can't, you can't continue to confront and face them the way they do. They can't. They can't do it yeah. online, as, as George has said, very heavily moderated online AGMs. That's not what an AGM's about. They can't turn things into an online forum, which they did before COVID, because it's inconvenient. It's not a good look. No. They can't praise the membership for supporting the club year in, year out, record memberships, record this, great that, tendencies up, blah, 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 but then lock the doors at Princess Park. So... You can't have it both ways. And I, I totally agree with George that, you know, this, this thing that, oh, some of those AGL or those uh, member forums got unruly. Well, yeah, that's what sometimes happens. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're, deal, you're dealing with passion and people belong to this club. There are 22 guys that run out and chase the footy every single weekend, but the club is 70,000 strong and that's what the club is. They, they, they exist. The club exists because of the 70,000. The thing that unifies the seventy thousand is the twenty-two that run out and chase the footy, but there's a there's a bigger constituency that is the lifeblood of this side, and they need to be respected. I'm going to say something weird, and George's question obviously wasn't designed to lead us down this path, and this has been a real hobby horse of mine, and I've just seen the the in to talk about it now. I actually reckon we've got a real problem, um, our playing group, and the broader club, in recognising and playing for what the Carlton Football Club Guernsey represents, the heritage of it and the prestige of it. And it's a bit glib to say the game has changed. It has. It's changed so much since the guys of the 70s and 80s and and playing for your local team and having zones and, and all that kind of stuff. It absolutely has. But if a young footballer doesn't walk into the Carlton Football Club and maybe they don't know the names of yesteryear, maybe those names mean nothing to them. But if you don't tell them and show them why they matter, and to a Lockie O'Brien, you're wearing your Ken Hands jumper, Stephen Kernahan's jumper, Peter Bazasto's jumper, Paddy Dow, John Nichols, you know, Greg Williams, the list goes on. If you don't feel part of something so much bigger than you and feel honoured and privileged to be a part of it, and what you're representing, there's a there's an enormous problem. Huge problem. And because and, because the reality is that's what that's that is our one wood. That's what we've got that other teams don't have. 
they don't have it. Like what what we are, what we've been, what we represent, what they are now a part of is massive and it doesn't look like they realise that it does. And, and if they do realise what it is, they're not representing it well enough. Well, you've heard whispers that some of it is that they feel a bit of a burden of this. Like, you go, I remember going to Essendon years and years and years ago. I was doing this uni thing and out at Windy Hill and they had this really lovely little museum. And you sort of went, you know what? This is not a money-making exercise. This is not Manchester United's museum tour designed to bring in X number of tourists and X number of dollars and get people to exit through the gift shop. But what it is, is it's a really fantastic sort of acknowledgement of your history. Absolutely. And a really fantastic acknowledgement about, you know, I don't know, there's, there's, for me there's almost an element of young guy comes in in the draft and you sit there and you go, Jacob Wiedering, whoever it might be, you should want to be, at the end of your career, regarded in the same way that a Kernahan is yeah. or a Stephen mm. Silvani is or a Craig Bradley is or, you know, the list goes on, Wayne Johnston, the list goes on, Jezza, Duel, because you can be. You've got the platform. You've got the jumper to do it, to leave this club with a reputation equal to on par with them. Going, that should be your goal. You should embrace this. But we don't seem to really remind them of that. We don't seem to really put any onus on, geez, you're in a pretty good position here. You're playing for a team that has so much history, so much success and means so much. Wouldn't you rather be doing this than playing for, you know, you can name fabricated club A. You know, whatever. You can name the Suns or the Giants. The Gold Coast, yeah. Like, like who gives a shit? You play for them, no one cares. No one comes to see them. No one cares if they lose. There's no pressure. I don't know. That's just part of it. We've gone off track there, but yeah, that's all right. You were the think, one. Think, you're the one important. Okay. At least we're talking about no, something. I think it's important what? to remind us why you know why we do exist and what we have existed for in the in the past. Uh, Ash Gallagher, we reached. We have reached the point of no return. The coach must be changed now. Would you have an interim and target a complete overhaul at season's end, or do we get the man we want now? Any preferences? We've spoken about this, Ash. Obviously, to me, to be honest with you. Without wanting to labour it, I think drastic action is the best course of action. And like I said, you've got a guy sitting out there who is in the best 10 coaches in the country who's doing Wednesday night footy talkback or Wednesday night mm-hmm. a footy program on Channel 9 at 10.30 at night. Um, yep. Go get him. Give him a 10-week deal. No promises. Um, you want to be coaching. Here's the opportunity to be coaching. Yep. It's bold, it's brave, it's a statement. Shows everyone, the players, the members, the media, that you mean business. Um, I think that's the way to go. It'd be no more destabilising than staying staying the course that we're on at the moment with this, the imminent axe over the top of the entirety of the assistant coaching staff because all you're doing at that point is you're committing to the guy who is coaching and hoping that he's the one when everything at the moment seems to indicate He's probably not. We've got um, Shay, or is it Shy? The Shy Bolton thing's really... Shay Bolton's really thrown me for a loop. I'm not sure if it's Shay or Shy. Can't see us having an appetite for any more untried coaches. Ross is looking more and more obvious by the minute. Um, and Michael Rouse, sort of similarly, we need Ross Lyon. No more of this crap. Um, from the present coaching group, who are just not up to it. It's a rebuild in name only at the moment. You know what? Go the, go the old style if you want um, a short-term lens through which to view a long-term plan, go after a Kingsley or a Mitchell or whoever with Ross as their boss 
yep. for a year, two years, I don't know, but sit there and go, this is the succession plan, the Melbourne-style ruse to Goodwin, but actually go, look, Mitchell and um, Kingsley probably not so much because he's, he's done far more of an apprenticeship at that senior assistant level. But those next-gen of coaches sit there and go, yeah, yeah, you've got the gig in 18 months. Just own it. We've tried Kingsley, every other which Kingsley's way. Kingsley's contracted next year. But we've, yeah, but I think... To be you, so you, can't, you can't... You can, you can not, not to take a senior assistant coaching role. If The only way you get Kingsley to Carlton next year is as your head coach. It's the only way Make it happens. Make the phone call, Tim. Well. Uh, got one more. Uh, any chance we can get some... <laughs> any chance we can get only night games? I'm sick of wasting a Sunday Arvo on this shit. I might just watch the replay next time. That's from Money Shots. <laughs> Demons. Um, uh, yeah. No, very good. Jay Hyatt, enough marketing spin from the club. We play a shit brand of footy with no system or structure. Uh, it's a no from me, dog. HPS. Will we have the balls to make some big calls on the coaching box now? This must be the last straw. Um... Matt, Baggers95, thank fuck we got the bye next week. I won't have my Sunday ruined. <laughs> Jade Paul, no Levi, no Carlton. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Um, That's pretty good. I need a laugh. Now. PPS, just play the kids now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Jade again, any chance Sam Walsh can also become our stoppage coach? Yep. You know what? Like this, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it with Sam Walsh. <laughs> like you know what? I once again never happen, and this is pure mad scientist lunacy on my behalf. Never ever in a million years happen. But I'd be half a mind, you know, in a crazy funny way to just go. You know what? Fuck, dump the coaching crew out. Just fuck them off, and just the players sort themselves out, animal farm style, for ten weeks. Going these coaches, your shit. Going clearly, we've seen that. Going, oh, let's just the leadership group coaches. I don't care. Absolute lunacy, but at the same time, you know what? It's a statement. It's a hell of a statement. Absolute nonsense. Um, well, well, realistically, you sit there and you go, Doherty sat in the box for, for two years, um, basically a, a, a faux member of the coaching panel having gone through what he needed to do. He heads it up. Caleb Marchbank's backlines coach because he's not doing anything else at the moment. Cunners is your midfield coach. Watch your language. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and no, but they're just, they're not your coach. Might be on his way back, but, but he could be your forward line coach. Or, or if Levi's they're not your coach. Levi's going to be out for a period. No, no, he, he could be the no, forward line coach. No, they're not your coaches. They're not your coaches. No, I know. They're just this. they're just as silly as it sounds. You just go. Um, they all, if you watch it at like that VFL level or whatever, the non-playing, the playing group or the senior group that come down to watch do come out and have a bit of a chat and a bit of feedback. This is how I'm seeing it, et cetera, et cetera. You just, and we've now tipped into just like rare air that we're even Stupidity. giving, that we're just giving this any oxygen yes. at all. But you just go, sort yourselves out. Like leadership group leads it. This is how we want to play. This is how we're going to play. We pick the team like survivor style. I don't know. And then you just go out and have a run around for 10 weeks. Because you know, we're just wasting time doing it the way we are doing it. I agree we're wasting time because this discussion is just making me laugh. That's why it's so good. It's a bit hairbrained. It's taking us to crazy places. I like it. 
but that's look we're so you know we're, we're all in on the fact that we need change and we need change we need pretty stark pretty meaningful change so that's taking it to the nth degree clearly but at the same time a far more palatable sensible option would be yeah to get in a guy who we know can coach for 10 weeks to coach and basically say to him a little bit you know what we spoke earlier O'Brien plays, Dow plays, Samo plays. The list goes on. Honey, give him a run. Just go give these guys a look, play them, and um, we'll see what we get out of them. Jordan Boyd. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about him giving a game, but that's fine. That would be very Carlton for him to get a game ahead of all those other guys. No, well, that, that's, yeah. I think, as you say, there are, there are guys that are more ready to step back into the fold before... Boyd, I mean, Boyd has to play VFL footy with us and our way and show us what he's got. We don't have a way, Tim. Well, this is true. Plowman obviously comes back. He'll have served his two-week suspension by the time the buy is done, so he'll be available for the next week, which is good. I would hazard the guess to say that Nick Newman's concussion looked serious enough that he's going to be more than just your standard 12 days. I, I, I wouldn't be betting the bile duck that he plays the next game, but we'll wait and see. But as you say... Play some of the kids. Okay. Give Ed Will Pennell do. a break. Give Mark Murphy a break. Give Cottrell a break. What are you laughing about? <laughs> I'm laughing at your face when Tim was talking. <laughs> uh, all right, fantastic. I think that wraps us up for another week. Oh, Thank fuck, you to seriously, it's, for it's getting hard to continually do this. Got a week off, Fab. No, but it, I'm just not. I'm not saying just me personally. I think all of us. It's just yeah. We've got a week off. We don't have to think about it for a week. It's a good result. Oh, I thought you said, "Do I want a week off?" No, we've uh, got a week off. We've got to buy. Are we doing a mid-season? Yeah, review? we'll do one right now. We're shit, and we need to get rid of the coach. <laughs> Let's go to the quiz. We've had one good player for the whole year. Is Sam Walsh? He's do the wheel. What happened to the wheel? That's it. So that's our mid-season <laughs> review. Done. <laughs> Sam Walsh. We may, as well, we may as well just stop the Prenders Player of the Year because <laughs> if he didn't play for five weeks, he'd still be in front. <laughs> yeah. So he's absolutely going to shit it in. Anyway. <laughs> they should just give him the John Nichols. They should just do it now. They should just literally. <laughs> oh, you know what I do? This is Jose. That'll be, that'll be a statement. Mate, this is, Jose, this is Jose end of season awards territory. Walk into the I'm making up an award. No, no, not even make up an award. Walk into the locker room at the end of the day and go, We're awarding the John Nichols Medal for twenty twenty one to Sam Walsh here, round <laughs> round twelve. And by the way, John, what are you doing for the next ten weeks? Just go, yeah, go this is it. Walsh, you've got the B and F. I know we've got ten more weeks to play, no one's catching you. So don't worry about it. Um, anyway, fantastic stuff, guys. That was it, we're done. So Thank you guys. Thanks for joining us, Doctor Davis. It was a very, it was a heart wrenching afternoon, but uh, I'd like to say it's always a pleasure, but I question it today. It's, <laughs> it's always a kick to the groin lately. And uh, for you, Fabaganoush, my very best friend in the world, I love you so much. Love you too, Sean. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Um, enjoy the week off. Just try. Don't watch any football at all. Don't enjoy, indulge in any football. Don't think about football. Don't. Don't even open social media to watch anything the club's got to say. Just let them stew in this for a couple of weeks and see what we produce next start out against. I think we've got the Giants. Where have we got the Giants? Uh, I think who, it's who a knows? Giants stadium. Mm, Fitty. Um, Kagura? 
Yeah, it might be at uh, Brookvale, possibly. We'll get absolutely thumped. Yeah, we will, because we're shit. St Kilda and the GWS, those sides, they just match up so well against us. They just... And they don't respect us. No, because we don't give them any reason to. off our feet, unfortunately. Uh, So, as is always the case, if you can pick the theme of today's song, get in touch with us. We'll give you a shout-out. Is it 80s banger? I think the Carlton Faithful just did an 80s banger just to lift us up a bit, Sean. I think you need to... You know, I love and respect you, but I think you need to shut up. I love and respect you. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that the kindest I can say to someone, you know, you, you mean the world to me, you do, but in this time, I would appreciate it if you just didn't talk. <laughs> so, if you can guess the theme of the song, let us know, we'll give you a shout-out. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye from me, goodbye from Tim, goodbye from Tim. Catch you in a couple of weeks. Bye, boys. I can feel it.